All right, g'day, good afternoon. Afternoon my time, a little bit earlier for this afternoon. I'm at, uh, where are we? About a quarter to five, definitely, <laughs> definitely beer o'clock based on the week I have had. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to talk about some of the things from this week in a moment. First thing, sponsor. Now, <laughs> oh, sponsor. This is a little bit late last week. And I'm kind of kind of leaving them here to make a bit of a point. But the sponsor this week just, just says VMware. Now, last week I explained that when I have sponsors, we plan these things out in advance and I block time out. And this sponsor obviously has exclusivity for whichever week they're in. And I explained last week that uh, VMware was this week's sponsor. But after agreeing to the dates, they didn't get back to me and give me the message that they needed for their sponsorship. And unfortunately my VMware person no longer replies to their emails. So I'm not sure if it's thanks or not because they haven't paid the bill either. But I might just leave it there and like just give them a little bit more of a chance to come good on their commitment to sponsorship period before I'm any more candid about it. Let's leave it at that. Move past because I really don't have anything more to say about the sponsor because the message at the moment literally says VMware. G'day Rambling Geek and George, thank you very much for joining now that I've got that bit out of the way. A couple of other little uh, housekeeping things. After this, in fact, in about an hour and a half from now at the time of recording, I'm going to be doing BeerCon 3. I'm warming up <laughs> for BeerCon 3. And BeerCon is run by some friends of ours in the InfoSec industry. So I guess people, a bunch of you know, folks uh, predominantly in the UK and other parts in that edge of the world, uh, hence the, the time of the day. I think for the last two beer cons, I've been along for a little bit. Uh, I've certainly seen a lot of these people in person in the past when I used to actually get out and do things in person, which was nice. So if you are around in about an hour and a half from now, I should be doing more beer with BeerCon. All right, let me get into the stuff that's uh, kind of fun in terms of things that I have been doing. There's not going to be a lot of InfoSec stuff today. I'm going to talk about the coin market cap breach a bit later on and some IoT and some 3D stuff. But... First of all, things I've been doing with my office. Now, if you were here last week, I had everything sort of rotated in a different way and I explained that I was doing things with the wall back there and everything else. That wall, as of yesterday, has now been wallpapered. Now, a bunch of stuff is going to change there, but just because everything probably looks like a black blur uh, at the moment, simply because this camera focuses very much on me and I've got a lot of light here and then everything in the background gets bokeh out. For those of you watching, this is what's now on my wall. In fact, this wallpaper, which has got a really nice texture to it, is also in our master bedroom and it's been part of some of the work we've been doing around the property. So I've now got three walls that have got this on it and then the frame's been done in black and there's dark curtains. So it kind of looks behind other than the little sort of gaps of light over there where is it over there which i'm still working out uh kind of looks like a just a, a bit of an infinity background other than these shelves so they go they disappear and what you can't see on the wall at the moment is there are already brackets to build a floating shelf so they actually had to cut the plaster put the brackets in plaster over that wallpaper over that and then there'll be a nice floating shelf that goes there so you won't really see it other than what I choose to put on it. And my, my hope is that I then use the lighting to sort of highlight things on there, and it just kind of looks pretty cool. Now, the other side of the room, this is going to be really, really good. We've, we've just figured out what to do with this today. Uh, I've said for some time there's going to be some sound editing material. I know what it's going to look like now. 
it's going to look freaking epic. And not only is it going to go up the roof, but it's going to go across the ceiling as well. And it's going to have a cool pattern in it. Uh, so Charlotte's got this, this really, really nice image of what we want it to look like. I'll share that on the Twitters later on. But part of this is like acoustically making the room as good as I can make it. Uh, part of it is also, th- th- this is like all my work. <laughs> now it's, it's not out there doing things and going places. And it's not going to be for probably quite a while because of Australia and travel bans or anything else. Uh, and also, if I'm honest, I don't ever want it to be what it was before. Not at that volume. It was just too much. So I want to spend a lot more time in here, in this environment, and making it as nice as I possibly can. Okay. So what's here in the comments? Um, Brennan Webb, will, be the, will there be drunk sysadmining involved at BeerCon? <laughs> Is there any other kind? <laughs> Every time I do it, that's what it looks like. Regardless of drunkenness. Brenda, now you've got to darken the room even further so it looks like you're in the void. Well, you know, I'm going to have a lot more control over lights, I guess. Uh, I want to do a little bit more with lighting. In fact, I got sent, this is not part of my plan, but as part of my GitHub Stars membership, they sent me some really cool stuff the other day, actually. I got sent some um, some uh, JBL headphones, which which are mostly surplus to needs because I've got some nice, uh, nice Bose ones. Um, they sent me an ember iot coffee cup which will keep itself warm which i i I also is probably i like i appreciate it but probably surplus to needs mind you ari my 12 year old son saw this the other day and he's like oh that looks cool (laughs) i'd like that but what i was actually going for is they also sent me this which is kind of useful uh broadcast lighting kit now I, i do actually have a light an external light down here as you can see as I move it around, which does put a lot of light on the face, but this might give you a bit more control too. And I think it comes with a little stand by the look of it. So I might try and reposition that and play a little bit more with the lighting. Uh, but certainly having no more external light coming in does help with that as well. Uh, Brendan also has some JBL headphones. <laughs> also on them. Uh, and you're using them right now. Okay, good. So if they're any good, that would be that'd be awesome. I hope they're good. Right, so that's kind of the, the room and the environment. Now, I've already had curtains put in, which takes out a lot of noise. A really soft carpet put in, again, takes out a lot more noise. I do have to work on the fans, and I think the fans, particularly on my UPS, I need to replace with some Noctura ones that are just a lot quieter because I really want to be able to get it, like, really, really quiet in here. That would be nice. At the moment, all I hear is fans. Now, as part of this as well, there's been something that's bugged me for quite a while and it's interlinked with other things. And it's the best way is to demonstrate. If I rock this table, first of all, don't tip the beer over. (laughs) Second of all, you'll see the camera rocks because the camera is attached to the table. Hmm. It's not that I really see here like rocking the table, but I'll like lean on it like this and there'll just be a little bit of rocking it. And especially if I'm like recording stuff professionally to make a living (laughs) i really want to get it right so i've wanted for some time to get the camera mounted on the wall and i now have an ergotron wall mount no not ergotron we're going to come back to ergotron this is uh, elgato so elgato is cool elgato makes the stream deck i'm using they make the uh the cam link which is taking the video out of this camera and plug it into usb and convert into webcam They also make the existing bracket that I've got, which goes out from here by some of these like ball joints and then onto the table. But this sucker here is going to 
mount directly onto the wall and be drilled in. Doesn't end there. I really, really wanted to, I guess, do two things with my monitors. So I've got two 27-inch widescreens here and then the one ultra-wide, which is like another two 27 inches. And when I bought all of this stuff about mid-last year, when it was like, oh, COVID's here, we're locked down, I should redo the office. <laughs> this is going to spend so much time. I bought really cool Ergotron arms. Like, forget about the stands they come on. got arms for standard visa mounts. And they have been great, but for a couple of reasons or for a couple of things so number one is that they mount just onto the edges of the desks here and th this desk i believe is actually meant to be a kitchen table <laughs> i bought this in a different life uh must have been i wrote about this in my how to make the uh, uh, ultimate home office which i think i put out in about 2010 and i'd had this for some time now being a kitchen table um but is it a kitchen table? Because it's got to return. I don't know. But one of the things we established is apparently it's actually somewhat wider than a normal desk. So I'd really like to be able to have a narrow one just to get a bit more room in the office around me. And also Charlotte and I often sit here in front of the computer together because we do all the things together now. Uh, and this has got legs which are basically at the edge of the frame. So we can't sit here together. So I'm going to get a desk made, which is kind of exotic as a principle like to go and get a desk made but it means that i can get something made that would fit both of us it would have a return i'm going to get it made in the same sort of matte black which the shelf over there is made from and it's going to be wider and it's going to be a little bit well wider in this way but uh, not as deep so i can get a little bit closer where i'm going with all this is that i can no longer bolt the stands to the edges but I also want to clear the desk and I also want to get this monitor here, which at the moment is if I measure it with my hand, oh, it is about that far from the wall. I want to get this monitor closer to the wall. So here's what I've done. This just arrived today. This is an Ergotron wall mount with a Visa connector. So what this is going to do now, this is all bolted together. It's got a little screw on the end of it. But basically what will happen is this will connect to the wall like that and then the monitor will sit on there now this has carrying capacity well in excess of the ultra wide but like look how thin it is for those of you listening to this it is thinner than my nose maybe that's saying something about my nose i don't know but this is going to get that monitor smack bang on the wall like really really close to the wall i measured it it'll get 13 centimeters closer than what it is now so that's going to be really cool what do i do about the one on the side glad you asked more Ergotrons. I bought two of these Ergotron devices just here. Now, let me show you what these are. Um, these are wall-mounted Ergotron mounts. In fact, that's the wall-mount bit. So that will go on the wall for the uh, normal wide, not the ultra-wides. And then, which way does this go? Probably like that. Okay, probably not like that, but <laughs> the monitor will then sit on here and it will hang off the wall. So what I'll be able to do is have the two on the side, so I bought two of these. The two on the side will be connected to the wall and I'll be able to move them in terms of their, you know, in and out and everything. These, these are articulated arms. And what I'll do is I'll move them so that they're positioned just perfectly with the one in the center. Now... One of the things I'm uh, 
irrationally excited about this. One of the things I think is gonna be really cool about this is forever and a day, I'm trying to get monitors to line up and you get them to line up just perfectly and then they don't anymore. Like something has changed. And I think what changes is bumping the desk and things like that. Now, at least with this one that mounts onto the wall for the center, it will not be able to move. Like there, there is no ability to adjust this other than there's a little bit of adjustment angle-wise on the screw uh, before you do it into the wall very, very tightly. So that center one will be locked and immovable, and the ones on the right will have a small amount of movement to be able to position them, but then nothing should bump them and nothing should change them. And this little OCD part of me wants everything to line up just perfectly is going to be really satisfied. <laughs> What's in the comments? Oh. Okay. Bunch of stuff in here, a bunch of good days, hellos. Thank you very much. Um, JBL products before, they're really bassy, says Brendan, as related to the headphones. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. Um, George Fisher says, fancy my desk is cheap wooden slab from Bunnings, <laughs> held up with legs made of, of pallet. I remember a story about Bezos in the very, very early days where he, like his original desk was just like a door on trestle tables or something like that. And I think there's a thing about like starting from humble beginnings with a really shitty desk. I imagine he has a better one now, or certainly has the option to have a better one. But this has been a good desk. It has done me well. It is time to move on beyond there. Lance, good day from uh, Unlocked Down Sydney. Yes, congratulations. You are out of, of lockdown there. You still can't come here, but <laughs> not too far away. Burton's here at last. You're late, but thank you. <laughs> Burton's only first year. Uh, Brandon says the might as well be an Ergotron ambassador. I oh, know. Oh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the existing Ergotron arms I have and put them in the kids' rooms because they've got hand-me-down monitors at the moment. So my son does have a new one for his birthday, but that's a different story. Aha. Uh -huh. And I want them to have that same sort of you know, flexibility to get stuff off the desk and everything. So I will put them to good use. Most of my used tech stuff gets handed down to uh, to the kids. Shiny Doc has noticed that Burton is not the first here today. That does stand out, Burton. I know I started earlier. I'm sorry. Brandon's always wanted to have a wall-mounted touchscreen above his dual monitor, be able to down, uh, move down and close and run. So I, I think the whole idea of, of wall-mounting stuff I really, really like. Now, unfortunately, to do this is going to take some effort because I don't necessarily have timber in the locations where these things will be mounted. And when you think about that ultra-wide and how this needs to mount, and for those of you listening to this, they're two massive screws that really need to go into timber, what we're probably going to need to do is pull some plaster off the wall. I would have felt uncomfortable doing this a year ago, but I've done so much of it lately, I really just don't give a shit anymore. I just want it to look right. Pull some plaster off the wall, put some more noggins into the wall, uh, and then probably replaster back over those, and then these these will go in here. Uh, so, yeah, there's going to have to be some more wood that goes into the walls. Okay. That's what's going on in the office. I think that's everything. That'll do for now. I'm going to post, like, nice photos. Once this is done, I'm going to do some really sort of neat photos of not just my office, but other things we've done in the house. Not just the IoT and the techie bits, but some of the really nice design stuff too. Let's move on. Road. Ah, oh, these are not my favourite people at all at the moment. On someone's recommendation, Damien Brady from GitHub, <laughs> I bought this. Now, this is a Rode video mic 
MEL, directional microphone for Apple devices, and the value proposition is really solid. It has a lightning connector on the bottom, and it plugs into the bottom of your phone and is a directional microphone. Principle is good. Now, Oz Dollars, I think this was about 100 bucks. Uh, so, look, it's, it's, it's not a lot. Uh, and, and my hope was that, okay, this would then allow me to do more stuff with good quality audio away from here. And particularly having this iPhone 13 Pro Max, the cameras are epic. Now, the first problem, I'm going to demonstrate this visually. The first problem with this is this. When you connect the mic to the phone... That's not connected. That looks connected. It's not connected. And the reason it's not connected is because my phone has a case. So you can't connect it with the case on. Now, I am super, super angsty about cases now, in part because here's my 12 Pro still on the desk. <laughs> For those of you listening and not looking at this, the corner of the 12 Pro, the back, is totally smashed such that not only is there a lot of glass falling out, but I'm pretty sure I can see some circuits. It was in a case from day one, but I dropped it in the case, the official Apple case. So, YOLO, let's take the 13 Pro Max out of the case anyway, like so. And now we connect the mic and it makes a resounding click. And th this is sort of like the, the idea, right? That you can point this, looks like that. It's a photo of my daughter. Point this uh, and you'll get this nice directional mic. Basically, from there, everything went to hell. <laughs> and what I mean by that, I have a tweet thread with videos I've recorded. It gets crazy, crazy what I believe is probably electromagnetic interference to the point where it is absolutely unusable and a complete piece of rubbish. Uh, I've had some other feedback from people consistent to that as well. I cannot believe how they even sell these things. Rode did chime in and say, hey, look, I opened a ticket over here, so I'm going to go and do that. But... You know, look, it's it's a hundred bucks too, and I'm just wondering, like, how much time am I going to spend mucking around to have them send me another one, which might also be shit. It also comes with a windsock. Good idea in principle. This is a very large, fluffy windsock. Uh, it fits pretty nicely over the mic, like so. That doesn't help with the electromagnetic interference. In fact, the way I first discovered that this was a heap of crap was I started recording a video where I just had, I was just speaking to the normal phone mic and I was inside, obviously no wind or anything, and I walk outside and there's a little bit of breeze and then I walk out into a windier spot and I'm like, hey, you know, this is what it's like. And then I did it with just the road mic and then I did it with the road mic and the windsock and I had these three videos and I was just about to start tweeting them out and I've gone, why is it so shit? Why is it so absolutely abysmally shit? And that's when I realized I had to do a completely different video. So... Not happy, not happy with the road stuff. And incidentally, well, I'm on my high horse. I think if I sat here and I used that, it would be fine. But it was things like, as soon as there was any wind noise whatsoever, got weird, it, it almost sounds like electrostatic noise. And then when I was sitting in my car, uh, waiting for my daughter to come out of school, and I was playing with it a bit more, I started recording in the car, no noise or anything like that, and I put the phone on the MagSafe holder, which is magnetic, and it just went to hell. And then I took the phone off the MagSafe holder and it was still crap. So even when it was away from the magnet, it was still terrible. And then I got comments about condenser mics and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, I just, I just wanted to take it out of the box and have it work. That was my expectation. Oh, and then to make it even worse. Now, don't try this at home. A big sip of beer for this.
I had to explain. I use this as a what they call a learning experience. <laughs> I had to explain to Ari, again, 12 years old, about why we really don't want to have kids on social media until they're 13, and then even after that with supervision. Uh, now, I did not show him what I did, but I did explain it. And I said, I was writing a tweet about road, R-O-D-E. Now, yes, it's the O with the funny line through it. They are actually an Australian company. This says made in Australia on the side of it, which might explain some of the quality problems. Anywho, I'm trying to find the road Twitter account. So I'm on my iPhone, right? And I've typed in the tweet and I, I type in at R-O-D-E and it's not coming up. So what is it? So I go to my iPad. Again, don't do this. <laughs> Trust me, don't do this. I go to my iPad. I go to Twitter. I go to search, I type in R-O-D-E and get very graphic full screen porn video. And I'm not even going to explain what it was, but I've been a lot on the internet and it surprised me. <laughs> not just because it was there on Twitter after searching for a word, which could have been, it could have been my daughter saying, I rode a horse today or my son, I rode my bike. And next moment it's like, What's that? So this is the lesson about not, this is not Rhodes' fault. Not this Rhodes' fault. It's the fault of someone else riding someone else. That was, that was the context. <laughs> and I, oh, God. Um, don't let your kids alone on the internet, please. Not yet. <sighs> okay. What else? <laughs> Read in the comments. Uh George says, the video mic for proper cameras is actually quite good, I imagine. It could be. Uh, not to jinx it, I'm going to drop it. I didn't drop it. <sighs> Brennan's laughing. He thinks it's funny. Oh, I tell you, I, I, I can't. I'm not even going to explain. I'm not even going to explain what it was and why I found it just extra confronting. Let's talk about data breaches. It's safer. <laughs> Coin market cap. Now, this is an interesting one. Coin market cap. If I go to Twitter, I'm going to have a been pwned. Last tweet here, October 23, so six days ago now. New breach. 3.1 million email addresses from coin market cap were found being traded this month. Now, here's what's interesting. Then I'm going to read the rest of this tweet. This was email addresses only. Now, to have email addresses only in a data breach is highly unusual because normally if you have the sort of access that results in a data breach, you have email addresses and password hashes and all sorts of timestamps and internal identifiers and dates of birth because it's the internet, you've got to collect that shit apparently. And I found it very unusual that there are only email addresses. A little bit of digging and to and fro with the people that sent it to me as well. And I was forming the conclusion that this had been taken from a leaky API. Now, I'm going to quantify what I mean by that. Quantify, qualify. What I mean by leaky API in just a moment. But I got in touch with CoinMarketCap, and to their credit, they replied quickly, which is actually a real miracle. Replied quickly. And I was able to communicate with them and send them information about the data, also point them to locations where people were talking about this on public forums. They said that they'd had a couple of other people mention this as well and noted that the data did not come, I forget their terminology, but it was effectively like the data did not come from a vulnerability in their system. And what I was rapidly concluding, and the rest of the tweet explains why, is that this was some enumeration vector on their website. So the rest of the tweet is this. CMC advised there is a, quotes, 
a correlation with our subscriber base. So it matches. But are yet to identify the source of the data. 99% were already in Have I Been Pwned. So why do you have 99% of a brand new, I'm air quoting, breach already in amongst all the other breaches? Now just for reference, I'm normally saying like 60, 70, 80% would be high. 99% is almost a perfect match. And my belief is that someone has taken a big list of email addresses from data breaches, the same sort of stuff that I've got, and they have hit some sort of enumeration vector on the CoinMarketCap website and just gone, hey, does this email address exist? Yes or no. Does this one exist? Yes or no. And it's either that or someone, I think I can say this publicly, someone sent me information to suggest that they had email addresses, CoinMarketCap had email addresses exposed with very, very minimal obfuscation. So instead of like test at example.com, it would be T, asterisk, asterisk, T at example.com. Or something like that. I don't know why they would need to do that, but I, I have a fair degree of confidence that they were doing that. So, is that a breach? And does it even matter if it is or if it isn't? Well, I guess talking mechanically, there should not be a service on their end that does this. Now, I noted in one of my tweets that there anti-automation was super, super aggressive. Like if you try and do a password reset, the number of captures you get hit with. And then those really annoying ones, which is like, here's nine pictures, click on all the ones with buses and keep clicking on the buses until they disappear. And you click on a bus and it disappears and that sort of fades out and then it comes back in. And then there's another bus and you're like whack a mole buses around on this little three by three matrix. And then eventually you get to the point where all the buses are gone and then you go next. And it's like, Click on all the pictures with traffic lights. Oh, shit, honestly. So I feel that there's been a bit of a knee-jerk reaction there. Uh, And my suspicion is that they have identified that all of the email addresses in the breach, or certainly just about all of them, a substantial number, do correlate with their subscriber base, and they've had a leaky API or a leaky service somewhere. I personally, personally, still call that a breach. Because someone out there, in fact, many of us out there, now have millions of email addresses of CoinMarketCap subscribers. And anecdotally, a number of people have said there's been a lot of phishing happen as a result of this. And and there would be, right? Because it's like, I have millions of email addresses of people that I know are into crypto. And I've only got to get a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction of them to give me some of their crypto. And I'm going to do well out of it. So, uh, no more leaky APIs. That's, I think that is the... The crux of this. Okay, alrighty. The pwned book, pwned book, pwned book is going well. So the preview went out a week ago. We have had a lot of downloads. We've had a lot of feedback. Um, we've had so much feedback via various channels, uh, the, the blog posts, uh, getting uh, Twitter DMs, getting emails, things like this. So much that Rob has now stood up a dedicated GitHub page for people to raise issues, uh, which is good because we want to fix typos or things like that. There are some other more general suggestions too. We're working on those. It is a living book. So we're incorporating that back in. We, at the moment, are going through things like working out the payment page because it is going to be something you can buy when we launch the whole thing together. We plan to have it done in time for the holiday season. We think we will do a hard copy at some point. I'm just not 
convinced that's something that we're going to have in the very near future. But I, I would like to have some physical copies that I could, when I'm allowed to go places again, I could give people things like that. But we will actually have the uh, the the whole thing done. I guess that really means getting it done in like the next six weeks or something. We do have a schedule we're working to and some other promotional stuff around that as well. So if you haven't checked it out, please go and download it and give us some feedback, however minor, so that we can make the big thing better. And then the only thing I'm worried about now is that if we start getting feedback on like dozens and dozens of blog posts, yeah, I might be fixing a lot of typos. Anyway, that's the nature of it. That's what we're doing. This is the path that we have gone down. So last thing I thought I'd uh, I'd touch on today, and I'm happy keeping this a little bit shorter so I can chill out a bit before BeerCon, IoT and 3D printing. So um, I've done a lot of swearing this week, if I'm completely honest, about my curtains in here. I have a thread going, geez, between the IoT stuff and the road. Man, tell you what. I've, uh, I think I've taught Charlotte some new words this week. I really think I have. <laughs> I'm trying to find the curtain thread here because I was just so angry when I did the curtain thread. So these are, um, these are Rollies curtains. So Rollies Acmeter is the company and they make this motor. And I have ranted before on this channel about how, uh, how the range to the hub is really rubbish. Anyway, long story short, the the like path of least resistance, like the least evil, least painful thing I could work out is to use the second hub they sent me as well and try and get the five different motors I have around the place communicating to the two hubs, which I thought I had right, and then someone moved a hub like that far and it doesn't work anymore. So eventually I do have these two hubs going. I ended up finding I could put one in Elle's room, my daughter, and that has enough range to do her room and my office then i could put one in the master and i can do the two motors in the master because we've got like an l-shaped room and it's curtains on both sides and it did reach ari's room but then someone moved it and now it doesn't (laughs) but i did manage to actually get it integrated into home assistant which is really cool so the kids can now do things like they can say uh because they've both got echoes on the desk uh alexa open the curtains in ari's room and it just does it I've got an automation for my daughter in Home Assistant, which I've had for some time, which is, first of all, Alexa speaks and says, get up, a little bit more politely. And then I've just got this schedule of the Sonos speaking, and it's, it's always her who's a little bit slower getting ready in the morning. It's like, Elle, you should be eating your breakfast by now. And then, Elle, you should have your bag in the car by now. Uh, and then eventually it's like, Elle, you shouldn't be able to hear this because you should be gone. So now the first part of that also has curtain opening automation there as well. So at like 6.15 in the morning, uh, the voice comes on. It's like, Elle, good morning. It's time to get up. And the curtains open, which is cool. And I'm going to keep tying more and more stuff into that. Incidentally, on the IoT lines and tying in more automation, uh, now that I have the in-ceiling Sonos, which I've spoken about before in the master, we've just been we've been playing. That's what I found. Oh, thanks, Siri. That's uh, that's good on you for listening to all of that and sending it to Apple. Now I've got the Sonos in the roof. Roof. People get really upset when I say roof. Ceiling. The th- up there. Uh, Charlotte and I found we've been listening to a lot of like um, like rain music. A bit like the sound of rain, uh, because it just it just seems to have helped us really, really sleep a lot better. So now I've got an automation where the button that I use to turn the aircon on and off with the switch bot, which is the one that sits in a 3D printed design and f- or 
designed and 3D printed frame on the on the air conditioning button to do that. I can double click it and it turns on the rain music, which is really nice. And then it just plays until I think I've got it turning off at you know, 4.30 in the morning before we get up or something like that. Uh, so little things like that do make quite a big difference to our lives. Uh, it is nice being able to lay there in bed and just tap a button and aircon goes on or off or turn on the turn on the sound of the rain. Dale, from now on I refer to those pictures as whack-a-mole captures. Yeah, I think that's fair. I'm, I'm going to own that phrase. Um, George says, would it be possible to enumerate the posts against something like Grammarly? I assume this is referring to my posts and my constant typos. So just for reference, when I write a blog post, I'm writing it in Ghost in a browser. So you get all the Google spell check and everything in there. Before I publish anything, when I feel like I'm getting really ready, I will copy it and I'll paste it into Word and I'll let all the Word grammar check go through it. Now, I know that there's things like Grammarly as well, but that should kind of catch it all. Consistently, I miss things. Even the very start of the blog post I wrote about the book, I screwed up like the second word. In fact, my mum picked it up. Here we go. So, this very, very first start of the first paragraph of the blog post about the preview of my book says, We chose this photo for the cover. But I didn't write we chose, I wrote we choose. Ooh, the focus just went crazy. Now, why, first of all, did I write we choose? And second of all, did Word not pick that up and let me know, or did I not know? I don't know. Anyway, there's typos. There's a GitHub issues page. You can submit them. 3D printing dramas. I did have some 3D printing dramas uh, this, this week. I was initially very excited to take uh, GitHub Skyline and make a model of it. Now, if you've not done this before, go to skyline.github.com, put in your GitHub handle, or you can put in mine if you like, it's just Troy Hunt, and then you pick a year and it can create a 3D model of your commits, which is actually kind of cool because you get like this 3D visualization of how active have I been at different times. And I wanted to do one for me of 2019 because 2019 was just a massive, massive, massive year for me. I did write a bunch of code for Have I Been Pwned and other things. This was when I was going through separation and then divorce and everything as well. Uh, it was also when I was going through the whole merger and acquisition process <laughs> for Have I Been Pwned. Uh, and it was when I wrote code for things like the API management services where you can buy the API key. And I thought, well, that's just, that was like a seminal year in my life, which I do talk about in the full version of the book as well. Bye soon. <laughs> um, so I wanted to 3D print that. Now, I, I, I downloaded the model, downloaded the STL, sliced it up, did it at a fairly fine pre uh, precision, put ironing on the top just to make it all look nice, sent it to the printer with a white filament, not a prusament filament, one of the other cheaper ones, and went about my business, took a photo. It started printing halfway through, uh, and I took another photo and tweeted it without really thinking too much about it. And then a bunch of people were like, wow, your, uh, your printer looks shit. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for being so direct. And um, what I found, in fact, the, the friend who got me into the printer in the first place got in touch with me and he said, it looks like you've got a lot of banding on there. Now, I'm going to find the, the photo in here, but uh, what it actually looks like, I've got this sort of white solid block. It's not solid. It's got about a 5% infill, I think I did. But as you go up, vertically you can just see really really clear bands between each layer uh, and it looks really really crusty long story short 
uh, what I believe this is due to is moisture. So we're at a time of year now where we're regularly seeing days that are getting up to 90% humidity because we get hot days and then we get storms in the afternoon. And I'm just pulling up our weather station on the roof, not the ceiling, it's actually on the roof, <laughs> it's on the very top. Uh, and our humidity today, we peaked at 91.1% at 2.38 this morning. Uh, as I speak to you now, it's about 74%. So it's getting super humid. Uh, and because I've got little IoT sensors everywhere, I can see that in the room, this is a kids' media room, that's where we have this, if I look at related, uh, kids' media room weather, the humidity there at the moment is about 64%, and it would often be higher. So I believe that filament has absorbed a bunch of water. I also believe that that filament is just a lot flakier than prusament because I did print things with prusament afterwards. Long story short, I've ordered a bunch of vacuum bags and I have ordered uh, some little uh, uh, hygrometers and thermometers which fit inside the hole of the spool holding the filament. They will then go into the vacuum bag together and then I'm just waiting to get more stock and then there's a little, a little vacuum which will suck all the air out. So... Basically, when I'm not using a filament, it will, will put in some uh, moisture-absorbing sachets, suck the air out, we'll be able to see what the um, humidity is in, and then they'll just sit there in the, the shelf. Bought those, also bought a filament dryer. So you can chuck your filament in there and it can dry it and suck the moisture out. Uh, and it's actually got a little mount as well where you can print from it too, and it's got a little hole that feeds the filament out. And in case you're not into 3D printing and you're, like, you're listening to all this going, this just sounds like a lot of mucking around it's a slippery slope <laughs> this would have seemed like a lot of mucking around before i'd done anything and now it's like i'm going down the slope and it's not so bad i had a reminder about how far i've come in my 3d printing journey because a, a good friend a couple of streets over uh got a son in the same class as, as ari he bought a prusa after seeing some of the stuff that we were making uh now he's not in the tech industry so He's, he's having a bit of a tougher time of it, but he, he just wasn't printing stuff reliably at all. And he sent me a photo, like just a massively gunked up hot end. So I went over and helped him out with it. And it was things like just, and, and if this is all new to you, like this is the stuff you have to do if you ever get into 3D printing, just really poorly tuned um, Z index. So that the print head was really high off the bed. So when it extruded the filament, it was literally like falling onto the print bed rather than being perfectly lined up uh, onto it. Uh, didn't know that he needed to clean his print bed with isopropyl alcohol after every print. So stuff wasn't sticking well. Because it wasn't sticking well, he used a glue stick and it had glue all over it. So a lot of these things were just little basic things to work out that I only know because I had someone to take me through that journey. And I guess part of the lesson here is, is that if, if there's something you have worked out, whether you're an expert at it or it's just something you have a good go at, like sharing that with someone else can really make their day. Because I left there and he was like, this is awesome. Like everything that was kind of crap with this before now suddenly makes sense. So help your fellow human out. Burton, does the rain noise stop when the weather station detects rain outside? No. No. Because how much rain would you need to have outside to equal the rain noise inside? And the other thing is this time of year as well, because of the temperature, 
the air conditioning is always going. Now, the air conditioner makes an audible noise. So to hear rain over that, it'd have to be some really serious full-on rain. So no, we would not hear that. But I could write an automation to do it because I have all of the input data. It is an interesting experience. It is a rabbit hole. I have realized, actually, one of the things I'm going to do, um, we'll see how well we can see it. If I point the camera up a little bit, on my ceiling just there, where these lights are, uh, you can't really see it too well because everything is dark and I've now just completely ruined all my carefully tuned angles. But it's going to be so nice when it's mounted on the wall. Um, the lights have a white plastic surround. So I'm going to measure them up with my vernier calipers and print black facades to go on over the top. So all that will then be left, and it, you won't notice it so much when it's dark like this anyway, but when it's light and the windows are open at the moment, there's big white rings uh, on, the, on the ceiling. So they will go, and, and I think that will look actually much, much nicer. So I do find actual practical uses for the printer as well, which is good. Okay, folks, I've got about 50 minutes before BeerCon, so I'm going to go and have a little bit of downtime, then I will come back to you, uh, and if you want to come and do BeerCon, uh, do that. I will tweet out links in advance of it, just in case you can't find them already. So thanks for watching. hope you've enjoyed this one, and I'll come back to you in the morning, so about eight or nine hours earlier than this uh, next week. Cheers, folks.